Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. By default, what is your usual mood? Topic of today's podcast is improving your mood. So we're going to dive right into it. Let's start thinking about what is your default mood? What do you most commonly feel? Is it melancholy? Is it sadness? Despair? Anxiety? What are your usual predispositions? Are you inclined to default towards reactivity and stress, anger and upset? Today we're going to talk about default mood and how to change it if you want. Only if you want to. You're welcome to keep any mood that you have. (laughs) That is always your choice. What would it feel like to have a serene disposition? A joyful, happy, satisfied, content, peaceful disposition. Imagine all of these being your default state. If somebody asks people that are close to you, what will they say about you? How would they describe your mood in one word? Bring that word to mind and just be aware that it is a choice. Not their opinion. Their opinion is not a choice. But your mood that they sense, that rings true to you, that mood is your choice. The default mood that you're in is a muscle memory, just like when you're learning typing. Initially, you don't know where the keys are, which finger to put where, but over time, your fingers automatically go to the keys that you need them to go to because fingers have gained muscle memory. They've created new neuronal connections from your fingers to the brain, and those pathways have been solidified with practice, so much so that you don't have to actively think about where the fingers will go. They just go to the key that you want to type and it starts to happen automatically. Similarly, muscles of your brain can be programmed to find a joyful, peaceful, and tranquil disposition. There are some circumstances that call for grief and sadness and upset, and all of those are rightful emotions when you learn an important lesson from them. But these emotions certainly do not have to be your default disposition, something that you automatically go to no matter what the situation is. Also, it is a possibility that you might have a rapidly changing mood You think of yourself being moody, jumping from one emotion to another. Like people might avoid talking to you after a day of work because you're more irritable. Or they avoid giving you difficult news altogether because you're not known for carrying a subtle disposition. And that's okay. Nothing has gone wrong. But all of it is a choice. So question to explore for today is what is your default mood when you're not watching yourself? When you're busy with distractions or when you're tired and exhausted? What emotion is humming in the background in your body? And what thoughts are just low-key running in your background in your head? Could it be anxiety, restlessness, irritation, disappointment? Or is it something else? When we're experiencing these emotions by default, we're actually creating them from subconscious thoughts. And over time, they start to become our personality. And very conveniently, we start attributing it to our genetics. We start saying, I was born this way. My mom was exactly the same way. Everyone in my family acts like this. That must be the reason why my personality is like this. It turns out there's nothing in your genes that directs your personality. Your personality is heavily influenced by the day-to-day, moment-to-moment choices you're making with your mind. Dr. Joe Dispenza describes this very eloquently in his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. He says about emotions is, If they last hours to days, it's called a mood. If it lasts weeks to months, it's called a temperament. 
And if it lasts years, it's called a personality. And it becomes your identity via habitual emotions. So your personality is composed of moment-to-moment mood choices that we've made long-term. So if you want to create a change, it has to be done at the mood level. Another mistake we make, besides attributing our personality to our DNA, is that we start attributing it to our circumstances. You tell yourself you're always irritable because all of the things and all of the people around you irritate you. You can say, my husband annoys me. My employer angers me. And along the same lines, your mood at work might be different than your mood at home, which gives you more evidence that these people at work are responsible for your mood. When actually what is happening is your mood is always being created by your thoughts. It is always your responsibility. Your thoughts are different at work than they are at home. Your internal environment is never being caused by your coworkers or your family. Whenever you catch yourself in a mood that you want to change, just trace back to what are the collective emotions that you've been experiencing. Over time, when you continue to manufacture the same emotion, that becomes your mood and that becomes your personality. Understanding your mood can be complex because it is something that we generate over a longer period of time of hours to days compared to an emotion that you might be feeling in one moment. But process is exactly the same. How do you run a marathon? One step at a time. Understanding your mood might require you to break it down to what emotion you're feeling in one moment. Understanding your mood or overall disposition requires for you to be in touch with understanding your body. This process makes you really good at understanding the sensations of your emotions. I always tell people to imagine that you have to explain to a robot what mood you're feeling. Like you have a tendency of waking up anxious. A lot of my clients struggle with that. I personally have a struggle with waking up with shame. My brain always has the default capacity to tell me something's gone terribly wrong and it's all my fault. I did it. Feeling of shame has been my default mood for a very long time. So what do these moods feel like in your body in terms of sensations? If you had to explain it to a robot, you would say, shame feels like heaviness in the shoulders or a tightness in the pit of the stomach. If you had to explain an anxious disposition, it could be closing of the throat or low-key buzzing in your chest or a constant vibration or prickling inside of your limbs. Pay non-judgmental attention to these sensations of the mood. And if you're unable to do this, bring it to coaching with me. I have created a powerful program called Empowered Muslim Women where we go over all of this in detail. Some other explanations of why you're not able to describe your emotions in terms of sensations or why you're not able to dissociate yourself long enough from the body to describe it is because it could be related to trauma. And we've spoken about that in detail in my previous episodes. So one of the best parts about managing your mood is that you get to benefit from experiencing the incredible sensations of the happy and joyful mood. Nobody else benefits from it. Nobody else can cause you to be in a good or a bad mood, and nobody else can benefit from your mood. And in other good news, when you are in a better mood, you can show up as the person that you actually want to for your family, friends, and co-workers. Actually, that wasn't even the best part. The best part about managing your mood is that it helps you attain a state of khushur, a deep spiritual focus. That is a state where the monkey chatter of the mind quiets down and you find a moment of peace in your prayers. 
When you are in constant negative mood, it is difficult to find a healthy mental state and religious equilibrium. One example that I find fascinating in my own life is my lack of affinity towards beaches. <laughs> my kids love going to the beach, and just a thought of the beach trip would put me in a very stressed mood. And that's allegedly that has been happening previously. <laughs> All of the stuff that went around packing, making sure that they have everything they need at the beach, then sitting in the sun in a hijab on a hot day just completely baked me inside out. I would be so stressed about the whole situation that it would come out sideways in the form of yelling and screaming. In all honesty, kids had no idea what was going on in my head prior to this work. And actually, I had no idea what was going on in my head that led me to this reactivity. What was actually going on in my head was I was dreading sitting in the sun in full clothing. I was dreading being sweaty and sticky and having sand all over me and bringing it back in the car and having to clean everything the next day. Once I realized that all of these things were weighing heavily on my mind because of all of these thoughts, I could see that the beach trip was not actually causing my mood of stress. My thoughts were. And once that happened, I came up with a plan with my husband. So he grew up in South Florida, and he is very used to beach trips. He is very much acclimated to the feeling of sand and the salt water all over your body. So we decided that most of the time he was going to take the kids to the beach. And if I was coming, I was not going to be cleaning or cooking. We were just going to take some prepared snacks. And I was going to go in the water and outside of that, sit in the shade under the umbrella. After I had all of these demands taken care of, my thought work became really easy. And my mood went from stressed to not really dreading the beach trip so much. <laughs> and that's where I am right now. I haven't gotten any better than that. <laughs> At least my mood is not dreadful when it comes to going to the beach. I might not be all the way to enjoyment quite yet, and that's okay with me. And my husband loves doing all of these things for us. So when I was actually able to communicate clearly to him that my nervous system is absolutely on fire with the demands of a beach trip, he did whatever he could to make it easier for me. While I took responsibility for improving my mood for the sake of my family, because that is what I value. And I'm constantly working. If it's not going to be this, it's going to be something else. And this is what life is about. Alhamdulillah. So understanding your mood is extremely important for your sake and for the sake of people around you. Especially for the sake of spirituality that you value. Again, your default mood is like your fingers that haven't learned to type yet. They don't have the correct muscle memory. With practice, your enhanced, uplifted mood will be like you're an expert typer. Typist. What? Is that a word? Hmm. Well, you'll be an expert at typing. <laughs> Another extremely difficult situation for me used to be at work. I was holding on to a very stressed disposition at work. I was always telling myself, this is so hard. I have so many patients. They're so sick. I don't have enough time. I'm afraid of making a mistake. It was difficult for me to create any joy out of work. Mind you, training to be a physician came with a load of effort. I dedicated my entire life to studying, and here I was in my dream career being completely burned out. All of this because of default dispositions. All because I was choosing these without being actually aware that I was choosing stress and burnout. In this particular situation, I have been able to improve my mood drastically. So much so where I actually enjoy my work as a physician. 
I find it extremely fulfilling. I look forward to going to work. I have the same workload, the same work location, the same co-workers, only my mood has changed. Because I worked really, really hard to deliver that to myself. Don't rely on others to deliver your mood for you. They cannot create your mood. They can't give it to you. I had the option of changing my work to help me improve my mood, but if I did that, my brain would have found other excuses at my new work to put me in a terrible mood again. So don't rely on circumstances, work, or people. Don't rely on anything outside of you to improve your mood, like things, or money, or trips, or red-bottom shoes. Don't rely on anything external to improve your mood. There isn't any level of belonging people can demonstrate towards you to elevate your mood. There isn't a destination exotic enough. There isn't a net worth high enough to bring your mood up. Only you can do that to yourself through your thoughts. I have had clients where I have coached them up the wazoo in groups, in private sessions, at webinars, and every other opportunity. And I will not be able to improve their mood unless they decide to do it for themselves, through their thoughts. I cannot deliver you a tranquil disposition. You have to do it for yourself. I cannot give you the result of being joyous, uplifted. You give it to yourself. I just show you the way. You cannot rely on others to help you with your mood, not even your coach. Rewriting the muscle memory of your default mood to a better one will enhance your life to a whole new level. The enjoyment of tranquility in your prayers, your complete presence in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your whole mind and body. That feeling is so uplifting, there is no parallel to it. That is exactly what our souls have been designed to seek. And that spiritual high is based on a serene mood. And as a Muslim woman, you deserve it. The calm disposition and the finer things in life. You deserve all of it. With that, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us separate ourselves from our material world long enough so we can worship Allah the way He deserves to be worshipped. O Allah, please help us find a mood in our hours and days that only brings us closer to You, even if we're physically at work or with our families or at the beach. O Allah, help us get into a calm disposition so we can relinquish all of the objections to a true submission to Islam. Please keep me in your du'as and leave me a review for this podcast so this message can reach others. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes And inshallah, I will see you there.